Welcome to The Light Pod, brought to you by LightEye, a hub for ideas, education, and well, a little entertainment. I'm your host, Sam Corbel, and today we're lucky enough to have Greg Mackle on the show, founder, owner, and principal at 186 Lighting Design Group. We're going to learn a little bit more about how your next project may not be coming from where you think it is, and how Greg had the opportunity to put lava in a driveway. Please join me in welcoming Greg to the show. How's it going, Greg? Good to see you. Not too bad. How are you doing, Sam? It's pretty, you know, pretty good. It's Friday. I'm uh, looking forward to the weekend. I wish I could go skiing because it is November in Colorado, but maybe it's just a little bit too early. How about you? Yeah, probably not skiing. It's, uh, I think there's only a few runs open, so it'll be uh, roller derby up there. Yeah, I always call it the white ribbon of death, you know. Yep. Never never really want to get into it uh, too much. But hey, it's, it's good to see you today. And I wanted to catch up with you because recently you shared a story with me and it was almost trivial how you got involved in lighting design. Walk me through just, um, just a little bit of your background of starting your own business in the last 18 years and what, what really gets you going and what kind of projects you specialize in. Well, I guess when I was in architectural engineering at CU, just like you, but a little before that, I was just taking classes here and there, going through, uh, trying to figure out what I was going to be competent at when I got out, and all of a sudden took a lighting class with Dave Delora, and I remember the second day at class, we looked around, and he looked up there after taking roll the first time, there's probably 100 people in the class, and he points to the back row, and he goes, hey, where's Ted today? And everybody looked at each other like, oh my gosh, this guy knows who we are. So nobody missed class, and we were all at every class, and it was very, very challenging, but you actually learned how to do something when you got out. It wasn't all theoretical. He was just an amazing teacher. And so that's how I got into lighting. While I was in college, I had an internship at the Department of Energy. And the guy in our building design group who used to do all the lighting had some health issues. So I had taken like two lighting classes and they handed me a 30,000 square foot operations center out in Sacramento and said, well, can you design the lighting in this? Of course, after two classes, I knew exactly what I was doing and uh, and designed that. So that was about 89, 90, somewhere in there. Almost 30 years. Yeah. And you started in college. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that was uh, kind of how I got into it and then kind of bounced around, tried to go out of my own and build fixtures one time and then tried to go out on my own again, but I realized you actually need a portfolio and references and projects that are completed to get people to want to hire you. So I went back to some big commercial stuff. And, uh, and when I tried going out on my own earlier, realized the only people that would hire you uh, were residential clients. And I kind of liked meeting the people that you meet in the high-end residential world. Um, so I was working for a big engineering firm. A sales rep took me to lunch one day, and while we're driving down the street, he points down the street while we're going to lunch, and he said, hey, there's this guy who's got his company out of his basement down here, and he's doing this palace for Prince Bandar over in Saudi Arabia. And he said, well, so we sent over, you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of downlights, and they sent them all back because they were too cheap. So we gold plated them, sent them back, and then they installed them. And so I said, 
can you give me that guy's number? (laughs) 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 So, uh, so I, I basically stalked him until he would hire me and, uh, ended up really being the mentor that, uh, it was a guy named Kevin White, but he really ended up being the mentor that, uh, that I'd been looking for and have been doing high and residential ever since then. That's cool. Well, Kevin, hopefully if you're listening, uh, Greg definitely appreciates your support, and I suppose we ought to give you credit for this podcast too. So thanks for always being out there to inspire. So fast forward, we're we're 18 years later, and uh, you've you've gone out on your own. You started your own company, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. You're primarily working in high-end residential markets. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it all kind of started up in the Aspen Valley, and and those people seem to have two, three, or four homes, and they call you to do their fifth, sixth, and seventh home too. Well, that, that's kind of true, <laughs> but. Yeah, when I when I left to go out on my own uh, from Kevin's office, I didn't really want to compete with him. Vale was really where he did a lot of his work, but I had done a little work over in Aspen and some stuff around the Front Range, a little bit in Telluride. So I, I knew some people in Telluride and Aspen and uh, started to really nurture those relationships. And Telluride was just, it's just too far. But Aspen's something that, uh, especially in the summertime, is a pretty easy day trip Aspen's about three and a half hours from Denver on a good day Uh, maybe four well it's about from my house because I live on the west side it's um, two and a half in the summer oh wow we can go over Independence and maybe add an hour to that in in the winter cool and Telluride's about seven so seven Uh, hours to commute to work was a a little too much yeah (laughs) absolutely (laughs) Um, well you know there's obviously a lot of houses you've done a lot of cool projects Mm -hmm. but I recently recall, and I'd love to just chat with you a little bit more about a project you got involved in back in 2016. It was a little untraditional way. I believe you were at a factory trip in Southern California on a yacht, and you were talking to some guy about lighting. Walk, walk me through what happened there. Well, we, uh, I was at a factory trip for a, a company that does a lot of AV. We have a little overlap with what we do with lighting in, in the high-end residential world. And I got invited to come out on this factory trip to Southern California. So the owner, you know, like any factory trip, you, you get educated on their products. You learn about the company. You meet the people there. And then, uh, you know, then there's happy hour. And then they take you out and you kind of do some fun stuff. So we were out on the the owner's boat and uh, just was asking if I knew of any lighting designers in LA because he wanted to do some remodel work uh, on his house. So I gave him the name of a few people and I think he had talked to a couple of them already and then uh, just said, well, you know, you're out here doing some projects. So, uh, would you be interested in, in working with me? And were you, were you out in LA doing projects or was that kind of a moment where you're like, Oh yeah, I'm kind of here, but I'd be happy to be here to help you. Yeah. No, uh, we actually had some projects like Laguna beach area and, uh, up a little North of LA and on Wilshire Boulevard and some projects around. So it wasn't, um, wasn't like I wasn't going out there for, for projects. And to me, you know, you come from somewhere like Denver and, and you think, oh, if it's in, you know, out by the airport or it's in Genesee, uh, it's, it's in town, but out there you think, oh, well, I'm in LA. And then you realize that 
project north of LA and the project south of LA or, you know, that's a long drive. Yeah. I, I, I think it takes, you know, anywhere between about 75 seconds and 75 minutes to go a mile on the 405, depending on what time of day it is. That's in LA. right. That's right. So, so you met this guy in a boat. He basically commandeered you for your lighting design services and you happen to be out in LA. So you offered to get involved. What was the lighting design assistance that he was looking for? Well, he originally had contacted me about lighting a piece of artwork and kind of relighting a bedroom in a house that he has. What I didn't realize when I showed up is that the way he thinks about lighting is very different than, you know, a lot of the projects that we work on where we try to make it, the lighting go away. We light people's art collections. We might do some fun stuff in a wine cellar, home theater. But for the most part in residential projects, you try to do things that are tasteful and subtle and done in a way that uh, doesn't really call attention to itself, uh, unless it is a light feature that does want to call attention to itself. Some of the stuff they had been experimenting around on his property with different things related to lighting for, um, you know, years and years and years. You know, the, the one thing about the lighting world is that there's so many different parts to it. You've got theatrical lighting, you've got commercial lighting, you've got street lighting. There's a little crossover between those things, but they're almost all different professions. And then residential is a profession in its own. I uh, went out to their property and we spent a couple years coming up with different ways to try to light his bedroom. And then we wanted to do fixtures that were individually controllable. You could control the color of the fixtures uh, separate from each other and light some artwork and wish it had turned out a little better but we were using tools that didn't have all the we didn't have the ability to change beam spreads and use lenses and louvers and the things that we usually do to do all the fine tuning it's hard to believe that too because this was 2016 and and technology seemed to be coming along but um it wasn't it still wasn't quite there huh well and it's Still, you know, the, the hard thing is you have these branches of the, the lighting tree where you have some lighting manufacturers using great technology, the controllability of the light, the colors of the lights, the communication of the lights. And then you have other companies that make elegant looking fixtures. Those things haven't all come together. So you have people that have the technology, but they might not offer all the tools. And I learned my trade from Kevin White using MR16s. With those, you have two inch lenses and louvers and you can change the beam spreads by changing the light bulb. You would show up with an aiming kit and we had everything we needed to fine tune the project. But with LEDs, every manufacturer has their own proprietary lens. Some you can louver, some you can't, some you can do linear spread lenses, some only offer diffusion lenses, if anything at all. It sounds like it's a little bit more complicated than it used to be. It's a lot more complicated. Now it's gone from one trim one housing and then maybe pick a beam spread of the MR16 and you had your spec. You know, is it icy or non-icy? And is the trim white or black? Um, And somebody sent me a PDF that was single space, 75 pages long um, with all the different configurations for one downlight. That's incredible. So it's gotten a little more complicated. All right. So things are a little bit more complicated. You're out aiming uh, lights at this guy's piece of artwork in his, his private residence. How did it turn out? It was really hard to 
blend the beams like we could if I had MR16s up there. But uh, the, the client really wanted to use this one particular manufacturer, and uh, we just didn't have the tools to do the fine tuning. These new technologies, a lot of them you just don't know until you get out there and you get your hands dirty, and then you figure out where the drawbacks are. You can have sales reps in your office every day show you all the great features, but when it hits reality and you're trying to do something that you used to be able to do uh, with older technologies and you can't do it with the newer technologies, it is it is really frustrating. And I just, you know, and you feel really bad because what I had promised the owner and the way it turned out were two different things. And that is never a good thing. It doesn't happen very often, but it did happen there. Which and was, and was he... Was he okay with the way things ended up? Was he disappointed? What um, what, what kind of happened? Well, I think you know he he's a he's a very very nice guy. Uh, I think he was disappointed. I was disappointed at the way things turned out, but um, you know it's not it's not awful. But I think we could have done better with different technologies. Sure. So moving forward, it was maybe tough. You not you weren't quite sure was I going to get to work with this guy anymore? You know this isn't a portfolio piece. But then something happened. What happened? You know around that same time we're looking at uh, redoing the lighting in the bedroom. We started looking at the landscaping. So I did a survey. He has a lot of existing landscape lighting, but was interested in converting it over to to LEDs and something that might be a little more flexible as far as how to control everything. Then I came up with the lighting plan and started to put together some specifications and we were going to have a meeting and then I'm not 100% sure if I get this story right, but it'll be close. I believe the guys who uh, were taking care of, of the property were asking the owner if he wanted to, or I guess they were saying that they had to fix these cracks that he had in his driveway. So, And, and walk me through that driveway. I mean, was that driveway like 10 feet long, 100 feet long? What did it look like? Well, it has a crazy switchback on it. So last time I went out there, uh, I pulled into the driveway and, uh, boy, I, you know, I drive a lot, but I don't, I, it took me like a half an hour back out of that parking lot. <laughs> so this is not <laughs> a small driveway. driveway. So it's, well, it's, it's not gigantic, but it's not small, but it has a crazy switchback and a pretty severe slope to it. And, you know, hedges and plantings on both sides. And, uh, I think maybe even a stone wall. So you kind of have to be really careful backing down and it's really hard to see what you're doing. But the owner who, uh, he, I, I think he's become very successful at business because he just thinks a different way. And when somebody came to him saying, hey, we need to see all these cracks in your driveway, he's like watching on TV and over in Hawaii at the Kilauea volcano where uh, the earth is opening up and lava is coming out. And he goes, you know, that's pretty cool. Do you think you could make that happen with the cracks in, in the driveway? And so, of course, my reply is, sure, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So I start doing a little homework on, well, how do we replicate the the color of lava and then it needs to kind of flicker a little bit or you know have some dynamic element to it so i actually went out and found a an led strip light that uh was lava colored so i thought you know this is perfect and then was trying to figure out okay well how are we going to make this thing kind of flicker and look like maybe not like fire but like lava so let me get this straight you lit a piece of artwork in a guy's bedroom, didn't quite turn out the way you wanted it to, happened to be there, and there were a bunch of cracks in the driveway, and he said, I want to put a volcano in my driveway. 
<laughs> That's nuts. I tell you what, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what it meant to put a volcano in a driveway. Hey, it's Sam. Real quick, this episode of The Light Pod is brought to you by LightEye, a hub for ideas, education, and a little entertainment. They tell stories about lighting and do so in short, informative YouTube videos. Check them out. That's LightEye, L-Y-T-E-I. And welcome back. So Greg, we were talking about how a volcano was the inspiration for this project, but I think we maybe need to elaborate a little bit on that. Walk me through what was going on in Hawaii and and the cracks. Well, I I think the the real inspiration was over on the big island where they were showing on the news that there were these towns where uh, the street was just opening up. These cracks in the earth were happening and lava was just these streams of lava were coming up through the through the earth out of nowhere. And uh, the owner really wanted to see if we could come up with something that would kind of give a really cool feel, just something very unique to his driveway. Uh, you know, I, I brought all these couple different kinds of strips that we had researched to, to go try to recreate the look of, of lava. And we talked about using glass rocks in the driveway and covering them with epoxy. And then we started getting into the logistics of, wow, how do you actually put the light strip out here, put epoxy on it on a severe slope and not have the epoxy all run out the end? Uh, how do you get the glass rocks not to crush the, the LED strip when a car was driving over it? So, uh, you know, we talked about the the logistics of, of how to make something like that happen. The owner has a, a, a guy named Steve Gregg that is just kind of his special projects guy. At first, I thought maybe he was an architect and then... Yeah, well, maybe, you know, and I couldn't figure out, but he, he's just a really smart guy that um, is super creative, helps out the owner with all different kinds of projects. Uh, he, he's just, just to kind of tell you what kind of guy he is, he's probably the kind of guy that in high school got, you know, a C average because he was too busy doing other things and didn't do any homework, but he got an A on every test. Just a really, a really smart guy. Think, things come to him. Uh, yeah. Good and, intuition. Yeah. But he's, uh, you know, really, really nice, really good guy, really creative, really smart. You know, he'd be the kind of guy, if I was the owner of this, you'd want as your kind of right hand man. So anyway, I, I came up with a, a landscape lighting plan for their whole property, which in, includes three different homes. And there's one uh, they use for, for living, one they use for entertaining, and one they use for uh, for working. But the entertaining structure is is in the middle of the other two, which is great because um, he's his own neighbor on either side. So you can have a little fun and uh, none of the neighbors will complain. Nobody, yeah, no, <laughs> nobody, nobody to call the cops on you <laughs> when, when the house next door is also yours. That's right. But, uh, you know, and, and the owner just really, he likes to play around with, with lighting. And on a lot of levels, he's, you know, he's taught me things because, uh, you know, there's so many things in the lighting world and he's used black lights in his house and, you know, it, it has all kinds of stuff going on that are, that are just very unique to see in a, in a residential type project. So you've got an owner who's into lighting. He likes he likes to really make things that are creative. He's got a party house, mm-hmm. and you're the guy. Yeah. Well, you you, you and <laughs> you and Steve Gregg say this is how we are going to put 
the effect of lava flowing through cracks in a driveway. Uh, right. And, and so I, uh, I, I send this lighting plan out to them and I start to put together some some lighting specs for the different fixtures. Then, uh, I don't know, it, it's one of these projects that kind of comes and goes. It's not like there's a deadline of we need stuff tomorrow. Meanwhile, we're always working on projects where there's a deadline tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so was that, so, was that frustrating or was that kind of fun to have it be ongoing? Well, it's just, it's one of those things that's always in the back of your mind, but until somebody calls and says, Hey, we need stuff now, those projects, you, you get stuff out and you wait for feedback. And so I sent that out saying, Hey, let's talk about different specs and, uh, and didn't really hear much back. Meanwhile, I think Steve Gregg probably got my landscape plan and went, yeah, oh, that's nice, but I got it from here. <laughs> and then he uh, he took it. So Steve's this guy that um, uh, October 1st every year, he starts to lay out uh, Christmas lights on his house. And it's not one of these things like you've ever seen before. He he <laughs> really has. I think I think I've seen it. He, he's got like millions of YouTube views of his house, doesn't he? Uh, I, I have no idea how many views he has, but I know that his, uh, his house every year, he comes up with a new theme and I think he does a couple different songs and, and, uh, and, and times the lights to the music and, uh, and it's just an absolute passion of his. So Steve looked at the driveway and, and, you know, for me, just being a residential lighting designer, having something flicker is kind of a, you know, that's kind of a dynamic thing that you don't get to do on, on many projects because most of the lighting we do is, is very static. But in Steve's world, he's thinking of what he does to his house. So um, he kind of took the, the base idea or maybe um, you know, was, may have been involved in the original thought of of how to do this in the driveway. So, I my my role was very minor on that part of the project, but Steve ends up taking uh, that driveway and coming up with all the cracks because there were bigger cracks, smaller cracks, and thinner and deeper, and uh, so you had to pick which ones, and then they had to be. Uh, you know, some of them widened out, probably be a little more consistent so you could, uh, you could bury the lights in there. Then he took 80 or 90 universes of DMX and put wait, it in. Wait, the wait, 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 wait. You said 80 or 90 <laughs> universes? Yeah. Uh, of DMX into the driveway with so pixel tape. So and it's 512 <laughs> channels per universe times 80 or 90. So there was, uh, there was almost 50,000 DMX channels on this project. It's uh, in the driveway. In the driveway. <laughs> All right. New so, new challenge accepted for any designer out there. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I was just sitting around one day, and I get this this email from Steve, and he says, "Hey, I have some uh, uh, drone video. We we put the lighting in the driveway." Wait. So so. They didn't even tell you they were installing it after you had done the lighting design. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, that's the, the way this, this project went is I, I think they were talking to me to see if I could come up with a better idea than what they had already come up with. Got and, it. uh, that, that was kind of my role on the project and I'm not sure I ever did, but, uh, Steve really took it and, and ran with it and created this. It's just, you know, something you've never, never seen before. And, uh, and it's really fun, but you can, you can find it on, on YouTube. I think if you look up Steve Gregg driveway, 
Uh, and it's Greg with two G's is his last name. And that's exactly the way I spell my first name. It's, it's a match made in heaven almost. <laughs> I think. But, uh, well, that's, but, that's, that's really cool. I, I mean, what a unique experience to, I think this all started at a, a factory trip and in an afternoon on a yacht and gave you the opportunity to be a part of something that otherwise you, you may have never had the chance to be a part of, which is something that I think is unique and special, especially for someone like you who's been around and own their own business for 18 years. You just never know where your next project's going to come from, do you? Uh, well, you, you don't. And then also you just, as soon as you think you've seen everything, you see stuff like that. And, uh, and, and that's what keeps it really interesting and, and fun. And you're always looking forward to the next project and, and the relationships that you, that you build with different people. But, uh, you know, Steve was awesome. He let us, uh, kind of use that to, to end, a presentation that I gave at the IALD conference and at light show West, because it was just sort of the, the cherry on top at the end of the project talking about using colored lighting in, in residential applications. So, Colored lighting is something that you, you've done, you mentioned from time to time in short spaces. Do you think after doing such a large scale colored lighting project, it's going to change your perspective on it or make you look for more opportunities to use colored light in truly unique ways? Well, the, the one thing I've learned about colored lighting in residential it's you can do you can go nuts if you're in a, a, a restaurant or a public space or a nightclub uh, because you're there for a short amount of time and, and you leave uh, but in residential you have to live with it so one of the things I try to do is if we use colored lighting is, is try to make it more timeless so that you don't go through all the effort and spend the money and then you live there for a year and you never want to turn it on again. So, uh, so there's some principles that we've developed that, uh, that we use typically when looking to use colored lighting in a residential application. However, there are times when you do have a client and we just, we, I think we always have one or two clients. They want something unique. They want something on a different level. They're not looking for timeless. They're looking for fun they're looking for lava in their driveway (laughs) yeah so that's uh that's always always kind of fun well that's cool i i'm sure you've got a great book of inspiration and this is another one to add to it for the people that are listening today if they have any questions or they want to see more of this or maybe just chat with you what's the best way to get in touch with you we do have a website that seems to always be in construction it's 186 group Dot com, and uh, you can find an email link on there that, that comes to me. That's awesome. Well, if you've got a driveway out there and you feel like doing something special with it, it may not be a thousand feet long, but if it's just 10 feet, I'm sure Greg could come up with something cool for you. Greg, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for being on the podcast today. I look forward to your next crazy lighting project and uh, stay in touch in the meantime. All right. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Sam. Good to see you. And that's our episode with Greg on the Light Pod. Do me a favor, give us a subscribe on the podcast. Stay tuned for more stories about people in the lighting industry, what they're working on, what their accomplishments are, and what they're facing each and every day. We look forward to catching up with you again soon. Until then, cheers. Cheers.